Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? Hi, ladies. How are you doing today? Do you ever find when you wake up and you look out the window that oftentimes the weather kind of dictates how you're feeling that morning? Is it cloudy? Is it sunny? What's happening? Today's topic is called What's Up With The Weather? Caring for Creation. And I want you to listen just for a minute, if you would, to an excerpt from a book called Caring for Creation, written by Mitch Hescock and Paul Douglas, the Paul Douglas, the meteorologist from the Twin Cities. How is the weather where you live? Is it what you remember growing up? No, it's not your imagination. Our weather is a hot mess. It's almost as if Mother Nature picked up a remote control and put the seasons on fast forward and dialed extreme weather up to a 10. Well, we're going to talk about that today, ladies, because this is part two. And I want you to listen to part one to our biographies of our fabulous guests here today. But let me first introduce you to Mitch Hescox. He leads the Evangelical Environmental Network, which is also EEN, the largest evangelical group dedicated to creation care. He has testified before Congress, spoken at the White House, and quoted frequently in national press. Prior to EEN, he pastored a church for 18 years and worked in the coal industry, which has given him a unique perspective in this topic. Thank you, Mitch, for joining us today. Hey, Shook, thank you for having both Paul and I. It's great to be here with you. I'm so glad that you guys are with us. These are like two of the most humble guys, ladies. You got to go on YouTube. You got to check them out. Pray for them. Think about them often and encourage them um, in your prayers. Paul Douglas is also a guest that doesn't need to be introduced here in the Twin Cities, but I will for our other listeners. Paul Douglas is a respected meteorologist with more than 35 years of TV and radio experience. A successful entrepreneur, he speaks to community groups and corporations about severe weather and climate trends and appears regularly on national media outlets. Ladies, I'm giving this book away, Caring for Creation, to the first five people who go to our website, himforher.org, H-I-M, number four, H-E-R, dot org, and put in there, in that info line, Caring for Creation, and I will send you this book. Why is it important? Because if your kids have asthma, ADHD, any ailments, or if you're pregnant, fetus, anything, ladies, we need to understand how our world is impacting our physical health as well as our baby's lives coming up. So, Paul Douglas, thank you and welcome for coming on. It's a pleasure to be here, Shug. Thank you. Thank you for casting more light on this issue and demystifying this. And you're right. I mean, it is something we should be talking about. And I think people are talking about it, but people don't want to alienate their friends or their neighbors. They don't want to make waves. And yet I think most people, if they're honest with themselves, say, you know, the weather isn't what I imagined growing up. It's not what I remember. Mm -hmm. And is it climate change? Is it natural variability? And I think it's such a daunting proposition. What do we do about this? Okay. It's happening. What do we do? Yeah. You know, and, and you had said in the book, too, it's it's so well spoken. You've got your factual in it. But as well, you talk about faith. You talk about Christ. 
Um, and Mitch, let me ask you this question. You talk about having science and faith on the same side of the coin. What do you mean by that? It, it's really simple. I think that um, God created this world and he also created us. And the way I like to tell it, I mean, I have grandkids now, my kids are all older, but even with my grandkids, when they first take their first steps, when they're toddlers, parents, grandparents get excited. <laughs> and I think that's what God does. When we make a new discovery of science, it's like that toddler working. God says, hey, it took you so long to get this thing. It's a way I created the earth. You should have understood it a long time ago, but praise God, you finally got it. <laughs> and so that's why it's together. It's God created it, but he gave us these natural things in order to make it work. Mm-hmm. It's like even talking about climate change. You know, when we had this blanket of carbon dioxide that God put over the earth, it's, you know, 270 parts per million is the blanket that keeps the earth really nice and comfortable warm, 70 degrees, 70 degrees warmer than it would be without it. So we'd be freezing without it. But now, because we've added that blanket, we're at 215 parts per billion. So we've approaching, you know, one and a half times as much of a blanket that we've put on it. And we got to take those blankets off and get it back to where God created it. You know, this is such a hot topic, ladies, and that's why I'm bringing it to your attention. You know, Mitch, why aren't churches talking about this subject? I think they're afraid, and I think the politics, and quite honestly, we mentioned it earlier, is that people don't want to change, but those people in the fossil fuel industry don't want to lose money. Mm -hmm. They don't want to see their assets, these great big oil fields and natural gas fields, be stranded because it's billions and billions of dollars, and so they put up a big fight to deny it. The same fight that happened over cigarettes a couple decades ago. Mm. But we need to look through it. And and now it's really obvious. The price, you know, all the leading economic indicators, all the major studies of the economist know that fossil fuels are more expensive than doing renewables right now. So they're losing just on economics and not when we could talk for hours about the external costs, the amount of money on top of what our healthcare costs and other things that fossil fuel companies have gotten away with for 200 years. Mm. And Paul and I like to say it's, you know, they've privatized the profits while they've put in publicized and put it on our health of our children, the cost of fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at politics uh, on both sides of the aisle and, you know, both have their own opinions and their own views. Um, But one of the women in our book club had made a mention. She said, you know, look at COVID-19 and how fast everybody put together a vaccine for that. All the heads, all the smart thinkers of this world uh, were really working hard for the goal of healing uh, our nation. And why can't we seem to do that when it comes to um, energy? We need an Operation Warp Speed for climate. Think about <laughs> think this, so. Shug. If, if, if climate change turned everything purple, we probably would have solved this 20 years ago. But because it's invisible, you can't smell it, you can't taste it. It's a slow motion transformation. Mm. Um, you know, we continue to sit on our hands. Things are moving in the right direction. But something that Sinclair Lewis, the author, wrote a long time ago rings true for me. He said, it's hard to get somebody, it's hard to change people's minds basically Let me start this again. Sinclair Lewis said, it's hard to get a man to change his mind when his salary depends on him not changing his mind. Hmm. And so the fact that so many jobs are still related to fossil fuels, 
I think that goes towards part of the challenge. And it's also every threat is an opportunity and it's already happening. We just need to, to go faster, but you know, why should people care about this? Luke 11 verse two, we're called to be stewards Mm -hmm. in everything we do. We don't own anything. We are leasing everything. We're just, Billy Graham said, you know, we're just, we're passing through. Amen. And we have an obligation to hand things off to those who come next in better shape if yeah. we can do so. So I think it goes towards personal responsibility. But yeah, I, I think Mitch summed it up well. At the end of the day, it's fear of change, fear of what comes next. Am I going to be employed? Mm-hmm. Can I keep paying my bills? We need energy. We we need more energy. Mm-hmm. We want to pay less for it. And we want fewer unpleasant side effects. And that's what's already happening as we transition into some of these clean energy options like solar and wind and biofuels. So, but it's change and, and change is always hard. It, it's always a challenge as well. Did you think that millennials are a little bit more energy conscious than previous generations? They're certainly much more climate conscious than anybody else. Mm. I mean, we have an organization, a ministry that, that we support called Young Evangelicals for Climate Action. And, you know, they see it as their complete future. I mean, it's their lives. It's their kids. I mean, you know, most of them are college age, maybe 30 years old or younger, and they are fired up about it. Mm. I mean, they are the critical mass in the church that's really moving this issue along probably better than any of us. Good. And my hat's off to them. Good. Ladies, if you're just tuning in, my name is Suge Burry, and this is Him for Her Radio Women's Hot Topics. We are not only on AM 980, The Mission, we're also on podcasts everywhere. And I really encourage you guys to go to YouTube as well and look at the smiley faces of our wonderful guests that we have here today, Mitch Hescock and Paul Douglas. Such a gift to have them here with us today. They wrote a fabulous book called Caring for Creation. And so I really encourage you to pick up that book. And so... Mm -hmm. To my friends and to other women out there, you might be changing diapers, you might be in the middle of of cooking, you know, whatever, and you're thinking, okay, this is a really large-scale problem. What can I be doing today, or can an individual today make an impact toward bettering our world? The short answer is, is absolutely. And yeah, we're all juggling, you know, a myriad of things, right? We all have stuff that needs to, to be done. And it can be overwhelming, I think, at first blush. I think the most important thing you can do is be open to talking about this with your network, with your friends, your family. Don't be afraid to bring it up. And if you see something, say something. And I would argue that also acknowledging that progress, you know, doesn't slow down. Mm -hmm. I mean, Every industry changes, right? I mean, how many businesses that were around or industries a century ago are still around today? That's the nature of change, the nature of life. So things are going to change, and hopefully for the better. I think one of the most important things, and I hope Mitch backs me up, is that elect representatives at a local, state, and national level who still have a respect for science. Whether they're Democrats or Republicans, uh, it's okay to have faith, but also a respect for science. I'm a scientist. 
I acknowledge the data. I look at the trends. It's not perfect, but it's a way of improving our lives on this planet. I respect science, but I have a faith in something much more than science. You Mm -hmm. don't have to choose. Oh, you know, I'm a scientist. Therefore, I cannot acknowledge Christ or God or creation. Uh, We are called to be stewards in everything that we do so that that notion that stewardship should flavor everything we do and be open to maybe solar panels or an electric vehicle. Not just because it's the right thing to do for the planet, but because over the long haul, you're going to save money. Mm-hmm. And that is when the tide turns, Shug, when people realize, I can have everything I want, I'll pay less for it, and it's going to be good for God's creation. Ding, ding, ding. Amen. Amen. And I, and I would turn to it, there's actually, for, for the women out there, I would really encourage them to go to our website, creationcare.org, and they can download for free a women's Bible study called Healthy Creation Equals Healthy Children. And in that are all simple sorts of simple things that they can do from, I mean, let's start out, buy your food locally. Don't get it transported in from around the world because it's a higher carbon price. You know, don't eat meat seven days a week, you know, have some fish, maybe go vegan. We, we don't eat meat twice a week just to save our carbon footprint. Reduce your amount of plastics you use, single-use plastics, because folks, I'll let you in a secret. In the past five years, most things that we put in the recycle bin end up in the landfill anyhow. No. Yes, because there's just China's not accepting it anymore, and it's just being disposed of, and we have so... I mean, it's good to go back. My daughter out in Portland, Oregon, she buys very little. In fact, she cans her own vegetables out of her own garden. She's something that I did when I was a kid. She has reinstalled, and so many millennials and that have done that. Well, I've heard and, that during COVID, too. Our friends have said, yep. you know, I can't even find canning jars because I'm gardening now. Every it, it, Hopefully, COVID, the benefit of that was bringing everybody back to the earth and back to gardening. So there's this whole lot of things, becoming energy efficient. One of the great things I urge congregations to do is get an energy audit done of their church building after COVID's over with, Mm -hmm. because usually church buildings are terrible leakers of energy. And what I remind them to do is to, if they do that, the money they just save on saving energy can be turned to help people in the developing the majority world get lights, Mm -hmm. get solar lights, Mm -hmm. because I can guarantee you that... Around the world, coal-fired power plants are ending just as they are in the United States. And the future of actually electrifying the developing world is going to be distributed energy. Solar, wind, it's going to be a sort of a village-by-village basis, sections of city-by-city, because it's most efficient. Wind and solar energy, especially in the large utility scales, already are cheaper than fossil fuels. Hmm. And I can guarantee you that there's not enough money to put transmission lines across Africa to power people. And guess what? When you get electricity into the majority world, you can do better education. You can refrigerate medicines. You can have lice to do surgeries. You can have pumps to drill wells. You can have better sanitation facilities. So renewable energy is a key to helping people overcome so many bad things that are already happening. But it starts out with us. We can all do those things to really engage other people. Mm-hmm. In both individually, and then take the step up to go vote, to make policies. We can do that together. Amen. Should, go should ahead. Enough, enough solar energy reaches the earth every hour 
to power the entire planet's economies for an entire year. Wow. God gave us this amazing energy source, and we're just starting to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. The wind blows. Why wouldn't we take advantage of free energy in our yards, on our rooftops? I'm optimistic for two reasons. One is the arc of technology falling costs. In most places now, solar is the cheapest form of energy. People vote with their wallets. Mm -hmm. And I'm also optimistic because young people, as a rule, your kids, your grandkids, not as skeptical or cynical. Their eyes are wide open. They see what's really happening. They realize they are the generation that's going to have to clean this up and move faster to avoid some of the worst case scenarios. So there's a lot of gloom and doom. Some of it warranted, some of it, I think, over the top, but I'm optimistic for those two reasons. Falling prices for renewables, at some point, it becomes a no-brainer. Why wouldn't we sign up for wind or solar? We can save money. The lights are still on. The economy's still powered up. More people are going to have good-paying jobs in a clean energy economy, and it's the right thing to do as Christians, yep. as mm-hmm. people of faith, uh, to take care of this amazing gift we've been loaned. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a friend of mine in the book club as well who put in solar power uh, for energy efficiency and insulation, uh, geothermals. Uh, she stopped using plastics. Um, she makes her own laundry detergent uh, based on wow. what you said in your book as well. Yep. They compost. Their appliances are all Energy Star. And what she said is, she says, initially there is that big cost factor you know, the investment, but then it pays for itself over time, uh, a short amount of time, where basically she said her bills are almost zero now. Yep. And Chuck, one of the things I'd really like to, to, to throw out to your listeners, and it's one of the reasons we put together that Healthy Creation, Healthy Children book. I was a local church pastor for 18 years. If two women came to me and said they wanted to start a new ministry, I better give my blessing to it because it was going to happen anyhow. <laughs> Women are the power in Christ church. They've been there since at the cross. Mark's gospel said the women were the only one left there. And as a pastor, I know that's true. And, you know, it is really imperative that women read this book, get involved, start creation care ministries, protect their children, defend children's health. And if they start doing it, I can guarantee you that more and more churches will come on board to do it because this is a movement that women could take over the church in because of concerns for their children and just the health of their families. Okay, ladies, I am going to uh, hold you accountable. I know you're listening to this. This is like a God appointment. Don't you think, ladies, that God has brought you to the show to listen for a time such as this? Get the book, Caring for Creation. You can find it on Amazon or go to my website. I'll put a link on there as well that you can just click on at himforher.org. And I want you to get this book. Um, You know, gentlemen, uh, there's nothing more romantic. You're both married uh, than doing a Bible study or devotion with your spouse. And every morning, my husband and I uh, read from Scripture together. And just recently, we were reading out of 2 Peter 3.12. And it made me think of our upcoming interview that we were going to have. In scripture, it says that day will bring about the destruction of heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. And as I paused and I thought about that end times thing, I started to think, you know, we're seeing I've got a bunch of family living in California. We are seeing more and more fires every year. 
Let me ask you this question. Is it global warming or is it the end times? I don't. And, and I'll, I'll defer to Mitch on that with his um, experience in the ministry. I, hey, I was weaned on the book of Revelation and the seven-year tribulation and the rapture. I don't pretend to know. Christ says nobody's going to know. That's right. But I think as long as we're here, we have an obligation to keep things going and to make things better for our kids and their kids. But there's n- no doubt in my mind that a warmer climate is flavoring all weather now. And yeah, we've always had natural disasters, floods, droughts, fires. But when a fire does start naturally, chances are it's going to be bigger. It's going to burn longer. It's going to be hotter. It's going to affect more people. Same with hurricanes. We've always had hurricanes and floods. But now the storms that do develop tend to be supersized, megastorms. And that is our new reality. Mm -hmm. And so... We need to face reality head on and come up with smart solutions that save money and also lower the risk for people, especially living in the southern U.S. The northern U.S., a little more insulated from the changes. It's happening in Minnesota. It's happening in New York State. It's happening in Washington. But the symptoms are going to be much more severe, California, Arizona, to Florida Mm. over the next generation. And people are going to be moving away from some of the high-risk areas along the coast where the water is rising and the hurricanes are intensifying rapidly before landfall. So this this is about freedom, the freedom to live where you want to live without being clobbered over the head by toxic weather every other week or every other month. So at the end of the day, I'm optimistic, but there is going to be more disruption, especially over the short term, the next 20, 30 years, should. And women, you can change your carbon footprint today. You can start to make an impact um, for Christ. Really, I think we're held accountable. Like I used to be an avid runner and I would go out running and I would see garbage in the ditch and I'd get about 10 feet ahead of it and I had to stop and turn around and pick it up because I just felt, okay, this is my, this is my uh, stewardship to you, the Lord. You know, we have to make sure that we're caring for our creation and you couldn't have titled that better. But what really gets me is what's up with weather. You know, you're looking around, you're seeing the impact, you're seeing the changes. And in your book, you do talk about our lifestyle choices are impacting our weather. We're bringing a lot of this down upon ourselves. And if we don't begin to make a huge change and a new legacy, things are not going to be good for our futures and for our children. Gentlemen, do you have any last parting words of wisdom for our guests who are listening? I would just say to lift up the, what we talked about earlier, that Jesus says we can do greater things than his. We can tackle this problem, but we got to follow our risen Lord. It's not the time to step back and look up to heaven and wonder what to do. It's time to get involved. And we urge all your women to do just that. Amen. And you can find I- Mitch as well at uh, caringforcreation.org. Is that what it is? Yes. No, care, yeah, caringforcreation.org. Creationcare.org. I'm creationcare.org. Thank you. I want to make sure that they can look it up and find that Bible study that you mentioned. Paul. I would say, and I think I, I wrote this in the book, uh, the situation isn't hopeless and, and we aren't helpless. Uh, there are things we can do and we're going to figure this out just like we figure it out every other challenge that humanity has faced over the eons. 
Um, so, you know, it's, it's easy to lapse into gloom and doom and despair. Uh, we can't go there. Uh, as Christians, we are called to be leaders and to speak truth to power mm-hmm. and to rise up. And I would just encourage uh, the amazing women that are watching right now. I don't know why, but God gave an extra serving of common sense to women. <laughs> Many times they get it long before their their husbands, their spouses, whatever. And so I would just say, you are part of the solution. Um, don't sit on your hands. Speak up. Talk about this with your friends and family. Let's debate solutions mm-hmm. and not the science. Mm. It's happening. Amen. Now, what do we do next? Amen. Oh, ladies, but the first move you may have to make is say yes to Jesus Christ in your life and watch how the Holy Spirit will guide you from this point forward. Shugbury, him for her radio, Women's Hot Topics. You know I love you. Over and out. Hey, ladies. This is Shugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they receive Christ in their life. This is Suge Burry. You know I love you. Over and out.